Today's guest is Mobile Katz. Mobile is a speaker, author, and seminar leader who is internationally acclaimed and recognized as the main authority on Hapapono, an ancient Hawaiian art to obtain greater clarity in order to better achieve objectives to live and work effectively. She is the world's number one Hispanic speaker with over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube, more than 783,000 followers on Facebook, and more than 122,000 followers on Instagram. She has a worldwide audience where she spreads her message about zero frequency so the easiest way to peace happiness and abundance so in today's episode we dive deep on her area of expertise such as self-sabotage dealing with negative thoughts and actually getting yourself back to zero frequency where you're being fully present in the moment some of the topics we dive into today feeling the fear and doing it anyways, the link between expectations and unhappiness, why accepting yourself is the key to disconnecting from the opinions of others, why you need to forgive others if you want to find or achieve true peace, and thinking and why it's an addiction and the power of being present. So we go heavy on the mindset side of things today. Marbles approach and philosophy is about waking people up to the areas of their life that they are what I call on autopilot. She calls them people that are asleep when it comes to your health, your wealth, your love, your fulfillment, or whatever your version of your four quadrants are. So without further ado, here is today's episode with spiritual world leader, Marble Cats on self-sabotage, dealing with negative thoughts, and getting back to zero frequency. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today with my guest, Marble Katz. Marble is a world famous personal growth leader and teacher. What has garnered her this global adulation is her ability to radically change people's lives through her system of getting them back to zero frequency. Zero frequency is the state of erasing all of the self-sabotaging beliefs, memories, negative thoughts, worries and dissonant emotions that interfere with living from the state of complete presence, total inspiration and peace. Marble has brought her formula to the world in her new book, Zero Frequency, The easiest way to peace, happiness and abundance, which we'll be diving into today. I'm looking forward to talking all things self-sabotage, dealing with negative thoughts and getting back to zero frequency in today's episode. Marble, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Brian. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. I'm really looking forward to chatting. I did a, a kind of a deep dive into your book and there's so many things I want to talk to you about. But before we do that, can you tell everybody listening just a little bit about yourself and kind of what got you on your current path? Sure. Well, um, I was born in Argentina and I'm living in the U.S. I have been living in the U.S. for the last 37 years. I was an accountant, a CPA, and a um, license in business administration in Argentina. In the uh, U.S., I became a tax specialist. I had a very uh, successful career. I was already working part-time. I had everything that you think you need to be happy, but I wasn't. And one day, my oldest son talked to me the way I used to talk to him, angry, frustrated. And I saw myself, you know, and I said, Mabel, you have to do something. I realized I didn't want that for him. So I started my search for happiness, realizing I was looking at in the wrong places. And my life really changed. The universe was, you know, kind of showing me the path. And one thing to the other, it took me... To Ho'oponopono is a very ancient Hawaiian art of problem solving and that is that has been my path for many, many years now. 
you mentioned there, I'm definitely going to jump back in because I think the first chapter of your book, if I remember it correctly, is on trust and that the universe is waiting for you. It's what it kind of hooked me into the book in the first place. Yes. So I want to, I'm definitely going to jump back into that. But before we do, I want to just kind of give everybody a little bit of an explanation on zero frequency. Can you explain in your own words what zero frequency means? Yes, it is to be able to be in that place of alignment, of balance, where you are not bothered by whatever is going on around you. You will always have problems. You will always have challenges because that's what life is all about. Uh, You know, we are here to learn, to become better people, yes? So the idea is how not to react so much because the problem is not the problem, but your reaction to the problem is the problem. So how is it that you can be maybe bothered, you know, affected by certain things, but that you can come back to that zero place where you can observe things, that you cannot identify, you know, with the problem, that you don't buy certain things that your intellect is telling you. We have voices in our head. We all have them. We all have the things, you know, that tell us that we are not good enough, that we don't deserve that there is something that we are missing, that we are victims or things like that. And we don't realize that we are much more powerful than that voice. So when you can become kind of the observer, when you realize that everything is just memories replaying in your subconscious mind, now you are in control. One of the things I talk about on this podcast frequently is not letting your own biggest enemy live between your two ears. And it's, this is something I think your book dives heavily into, different language, but the same message yes. and different tactics to help deal with that. You mentioned there about people not feeling like they're good enough. Um, I want to kind of just park on that for a second because I know it's something that resonates deeply with a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, a lot of people in life in general. Why do we have that voice or what's been your experience, Marble, with why we have that voice that tells us we're not good enough? Well, it comes maybe, you know, some of us believe in past lives, you know, and sometimes our memories from other lifetimes. But let's say that when you were a child, things happened to you and you somehow made a decision, you know, maybe somebody said something to you and you believe it, you bought it, I, I buy it buying, you know, these things. Um, and for ex- one of the things that many times I put as an example, if in the same family, all children are different. So that means that we are uh, really responsible for the decisions that we make in our life. You know, we buy or we don't buy, we believe, we don't believe, things like this. So it's not like we are conscious many times of that. Because that voice, again, could be very hidden, you know, in our subconscious mind. But we all have those records, you know, playing in the background. And the thing is, when you live more in the present, when you are more into the zero frequency, those things cannot affect you. Yes. And you come more from inspiration than memories. But again, a lot of people, you know, they had a bad childhood, for example, and they hang with that for the rest of their life, you know? They they see themselves as victims. Other people maybe had the same bad childhood, but they made a different decisions and now they are making a difference in other people's life because they were able to overcome it, yes? So, again, everything comes back to us. This is what I learned with Ho'oponopono, that we are 100% responsible that everything is just the monitor showing us the programs that are inside of us. 
And the only ones that can change it is us. Nobody can do it for us. When it comes to that victim mentality, do you think that it's the practice of responsibility that helps us overcome it? Yes, exactly. Uh, looking back and saying, hey, what, I, what can I learn from that? What is the blessing behind? Because there is always a blessing. There is always a, something that you needed uh, to go through to become stronger. You know, things make you really stronger. When you feel the fear and do it anyway, for example, you are never the same, <laughs> you know? So you have to dare. You have to realize, for example, that you are not a fear, you know? And I don't know if you are familiar with Dr. B, uh, Jill Bolte-Taylor. She had a stroke in the left hemisphere of his brain, and she needed re rehabilitation, complete rehabilitation, learning to read again, to talk, everything. And But she, write, she writes this book where she remembers every step, you know, of her process. You know what she says to this voice? Thank you, but I'm busy. <laughs> you know? And she says, and she says that she lets, yeah, and she says that she only allows her left brain to vent you know, to complain, to whatever, 9 to 9.30 in the morning and 9 to 9.30 at night. And if he misses the spot, he needs to wait for the next one. <laughs> he cannot catch up. So, again, zero frequency is about being present. So if you are present, yes, you are going to realize that you are not the problem, yes? You are going to put kind of some distance. You are not going to engage so much emotionally, yes? And you will be able to change your thoughts, your way of seeing the problem, and then you change the results. Because everything is about a well reaction that creates, you know, because it's your thought, then the emotion, you know, that comes after that thought, and then you take action based on that emotion, and then you get in trouble, <laughs> I've been there many times, Mobile. <laughs> we all we all been there many times, Brian. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just such an easy pattern to fall into, and I think that self awareness around it, as you said, is absolutely key. You mentioned there about fear and feeling the fear and doing it anyway is another part of the book that I really connected with. Talk to me about what you recommend to people when it comes to handling or managing fear. I think managing fear is probably the better word because feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Should, it kind of explains that fear doesn't go away. It's very much your relationship to it. How do you yeah. recommend or what do you recommend to people when it comes to learning to condition themselves to feel the fear and do it anyway? So first of all, you have to realize that you are much more powerful than your fear and that you, again, everything comes back to you. You decide, you know, what is fearful and what is not. I mean, not everybody, you know, have the same fears. So the other thing is very important to realize that we all have them. Every time that you are going to do something that gets you out of your comfort zone, something that you don't manage, again, something new, you are going to feel fear. No other way. So if you are present, again, at zero, yes, you can observe the fear. And the fear has no control over you. And like you well said, the fear could still be there, but you don't give them the control. You are not afraid of fear, yes? So the idea is this. To the fear, you can say again, thank you, but I'm busy. Or you say, thank you, I love you, but I don't need you. You know, things like this that will actually break the pattern. And then when you realize and you go through it anyway, uh, you realize it wasn't that bad. And also, in, suddenly you feel 
great, you know? You feel so great with yourself because you were willing to overcome that fear. So again, realizing fear is just a memory. It's, it's a memory from the past. It's reminding you of something. So it, sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with what is happening right now, you know, in the present. So it's just a memory. And if you, again, you are more conscious. See, your frequency is about living a more conscious life so that you can make decisions from a conscious, at a conscious level and not keep replaying. Because otherwise we keep replaying. We are making choices all the time. The thing is our subconscious makes it for us. We are kind of in automatic. And we, you know, kind of accept that that's life, that's normal. Straight away, as you were saying that, like my process for dealing with fear has always been to, you know, try and take out of an emotional state, like you said, but separating perceived fears from real fears, perceived fears being the, you know, past situations that were similar where you felt unease and anxiety versus real fear, you know, um, a snake is going to bite you and you might die of poison. Like sure, there's, there's sure. A- In that one, you need the fear, yes? Yeah, it's <laughs> very helpful. Um, it's saving you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But a lot of these, as you mentioned, Marble, come subconsciously. What do you recommend to people to bring the those subconscious feelings to the conscious because as you mentioned there a lot of it is down to kind of self-awareness being present and then kind of figuring out how you're feeling emotionally and then making steps from that place or making taking action from that place how do you go about even in your own life and I know you recommend this and you talk about it in the book but how do we bring some of those subconscious records that are playing as you said or the tape that's playing in our mind how do we make that more conscious well, what I want you to know is that we do not need to know. <laughs> we don't need to understand. We just need to consider that, you know, that maybe that is coming from a memory. There is a part of us, and it's not the intellect, that has all the solutions for us, has all the answers for us, but is waiting because it gave us free choice. We all have free choice. So in that moment, you have to decide if you are going to let go or not. So, for example, many times for anything that, you know, I go through fear, I don't know where to run or anything. You know what I do, Brian? I just repeat mentally. I let go and trust. I let go and trust. I let go and trust. And every time I do it, amazing things happen. I'm going to tell you a, a, an experience of mine. Um, at one point, I let go completely of my career as an accountant. And I already had, you know, a lot of employees working for me in this new career of mine. But I was counting with some income that gave me that possibility. And suddenly that income disappeared. So, sure, my intellect, very logical, you know, uh, said, oh, you will have to go back to preparing taxes, <laughs> you know. And that was really logical thing. And it wasn't that bad because I actually like my, my uh, career, my prior career too. And I enjoy helping people with that. But... In that moment, another thought came. And I said, hey, God knows why I'm here, knows how much I need and when, I'm not going to worry. So it's not like I didn't worry anymore. It's not like I didn't have any fear or anxiety anymore. But because I was conscious, I didn't have to understand why the fear was coming, you know, what memory or anything. I just needed to let go and not give it the power. So you know what I did? At that moment, I I became like a child again. And every time that I notice, again, you have to be conscious to notice that you are engaging, you know, again, consciously choosing not to engage with that fear or that anxiety. 
And then suddenly I started looking up in those moments that I realized, you know, that fear was kind of boiling up. And I, I would look up and I said, I'm not going to worry. Like I was telling the universe, I'm not going to worry. So you take care of it. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not. So, and I kept working. And then, Brian, the money came from places I would have never imagined. Like, and I'm going to give you some examples. Suddenly, you know, people started everything by email. Nothing that I could have planned or that I knock at the door and then the door open. It just came to me because I allow it to happen. So emails with invitation from different parts of the world for me to do uh, public speaking. Um, emails from different parts of the world uh, to buy the copyrights of my books in other languages and things like that. And, and they all included a contract that I had to sign, fax, you know, scan, fax, and a wire transfer. All virtual stuff, you know. It wasn't even that I had to go to a meeting and, and meet with people. So how do you explain that? And that's what I found. See, I wasn't a believer. I became a believer uh, because of the results. We always said, hey, you try it. If it, if it works, you keep doing it. And if not, okay, it wasn't for you. But the thing is, you also have to be patient. You also have to let go of expectations. You have to trust. The trusting part is very important, Brian. And then you won't believe your life. How do you let go of expectations? Um, this is something that I've been working on a lot. And, uh, you know, we yes. spoke about the universe. And when your team reached out to me and they sent me your book, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is what I'm struggling with right now. <laughs> so I jumped straight to that chapter on letting go and, and letting go of expectations. So it's something I've been working through. Yes. How do you recommend for me for people listening when it comes yes. to letting go in general either from expectations or just you know letting go of whatever it is that is potentially holding us back yeah this is something that i love because you know i was taking maybe the my training with my who was my teacher my Ho'oponopono teacher for over 10 years and um, he, um, I went to him and I was taking, I was paying, I was paying hotel, I was paying the seminar for the fourth, fifth time taking the seminar. But I went to my teacher and I said, you know, it, because in Ho'oponopono we talk about erasing memories, yes, cleaning, we call it cleaning. So I said, I clean, I clean, but it doesn't work. I told him very innocently, you know, and he didn't say anything first, but be, before that training started, he came to me, he looked into my eyes, and he said, no expectations. And when he said that, Brian, the coin dropped, and I'm telling you, since that day, I swear, this works. So I, when he said no expectations, I got it. Expect, I realized that expectation is also my intellect. It's the one that thinks he knows. Is the one that, that thinks, oh, if I do this, this is going to happen. Or this is the good thing and this is a bad thing. This is the right thing and this is the wrong thing. It's always putting labels to everything. And it doesn't have a clue. Like Dr. G. Walty Taylor in this book, My Stroke of Insight, he says that it's comical actually observing. He's always talking, always making, like, uh, inventing things, you know, making up stories. So um, when you have the expectations, it's very easy. You say, thank you, but I'm, I don't buy. You know, thank you, but I'm, again, thank you, but I'm busy. Um, you realize the same thing as the fear. So 
you, you can give it the control and go into the ride, the wild ride, yes? Or the same thing with expectation. You just have to say thank you, but, but not. You have to show the other cheek because thinking, worrying, engaging, you know, depression, whatever, is just replay memories. It's resisting. It is living again in, in the past or in the future, and all we have is this present. So as soon as you realize the expectations, it's not about not having. It's not like I didn't have expectations for the rest of my life. It's not like I don't have expectations now, but I'm conscious about it. It's just my thoughts, and I can always you know, engage with them or let go. So I could, let's say that you need something really bad. You know, and uh, and you have the expectation because you really feel that you need it. Well, I let go and trust. I let go and trust, or I'm not gonna worry. So you know, the expectations are still there, like the fear or the anxiety, but it doesn't have any control uh, over you. You are the one deciding what controls you or or you know don't. Yeah, what I'm hearing you say is that expectations aren't the problem. It's your attachment to those expectations that, you know, can make you feel miserable or depressed or anxious, yeah. you know, that the high anxiety state. Do you think expectation is just heavily linked to our ego then? Definitely, definitely. And something very important is that you need to realize that we all, what we are all looking for is freedom, happiness and peace. And we look for them in the wrong places because the only place freedom, happiness, and, and, uh, and peace can be found is inside of you. And it doesn't depend on having or not having or what is going on around you. That was my biggest, you know, awareness of, of all. You know, I don't depend on anything or anybody to be happy. And, and when you are just happy for no reason, Everything comes. It's like you become a magnet. Like I said, when I took the decision, I said, Mabel, you have to do something. Believe me, Brian, suddenly things started appearing on, uh, uh, to me. You know, I, I started seeing some seminars that I never saw before. Those magazines used to come to my house every week. And I never saw those seminars, you know. Like, for example, my first seminar was about anger. I went, my first seminar was, you know, I saw in this, again, this magazine that was coming, you know, every week. I remember I used to look at the section of Excel, Windows, how to send emails. It was that era when emails started, you know, when we started with more using the computers and things like that. But I never went to this section, you know. And so, and the, the teacher that gave that class of anger was actually a metaphysical teacher. And then I ended up taking private uh, group classes at his home. Wonderful. And then a friend of mine realized I, you know, I was in the search and she gave me a metaphysical book that actually changed my life. I started practicing things and I realized how powerful we are. And then I went to a yoga class. And at the end of the yoga class, the, the teacher made us do a visualization. And I manifested what I, what I visualized in the class in the morning. I was manifesting it the same afternoon. And I said, it could be that we are so powerful that whatever we think we can uh, manifest. It, it is unbelievable. I mean, that's what changed my life, realizing where my power was. And we all have it. 
but we are misusing it. We are asking the wrong questions, looking in the wrong places. I love that. I, I connect to that so deeply. I'm a big believer in manifestation and visualization too. Like I, I couldn't believe in that more and learning to let go, learning to surrender has been a kind of a huge step on me on that journey, which kind of, I want to pull it back a little bit just because you talked about happiness there. And when I think of like first steps to happiness in terms of my life, and then I'm going to throw it back to you, Mobile, was when I left my career, very similar to you in terms of the accountant, I used to be a teacher. Um, I was an elementary school teacher, primary school teacher, and then I left that and started doing something that I was really passionate about, which has kind of led me to my current path. For you, you speak in the book, and I know you talk about this a lot at seminars, and on different platforms about listening to your heart. When it comes to finding happiness, do you think the first step for people is to kind of listen to that internal voice or listen to their heart? Or was your journey slightly different? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, like I mentioned to you, you know, my mother used to come from Argentina to visit me in in Los Angeles. And she would say, look at the house you have, new cars. You know, uh, a husband that loves you so much. Two beautiful boys, you know, healthy uh, and beautiful. And she, and she would ask me, what's your problem? Because I was always mad. And, and I would look at her and I wouldn't know what to say. I didn't have any excuses. I didn't know why I was unhappy. But, you know, when I found spirituality, when I started, again, connecting with the real me, yes, connecting inside, yes, Look, uh, realizing the power that I had inside of me. When I started taking 100% responsibility, because most of my life I was blaming and complaining, you know, and trying to change people, you know. Uh, so I, I was dependent on having the big house and the, and the new cars and the husband and everything, the university titles, you know, and everything. I mean, I had everything. What was wrong? Well, Again, like I said, we are looking in the wrong places because those are not the things that make you happy. You have to be, again, happy for no reason. That happiness that, you know, Brian, I think it comes when you start accepting yourself and loving yourself just the way you are. And when you don't depend on what other people think of you, you know, when you feel good with yourself. And then it's like everything will be added. Everything starts coming to you. I think that's... That was the big change for me when I started accepting myself and when I stopped listening to what other people thought of me. You know, that was a big one. It's, it's very draining. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's bad. It's bad for us. No wonder we are not happy people. I'm sure this was quite a, a long journey in terms of kind of that self-love and accepting yourself. But if you can recall your earlier part of your journey, even back when you were unhappy and that transition into, you know, what you're doing now and that first step, obviously, with accepting yourself. What did that look like? Or what do you recommend to people? Because it's probably one of the hardest things in life. And Mobile, you've clearly done this. It's something I'm working on myself every day that you're kind of constantly trying to accept yourself, not care about the opinions of others, not care about what other people think. And just, you know, that self-love that is kind of being thrown around right now. But accepting yourself is the kind of a, just another word for that, another way to say it. What would you advise or what would you say to people who are struggling to accept themselves and they're unhappy for whatever reason? What did your journey look like? And if it's different, what you would advise people talk a little bit on that because I think it'll be very helpful for people listening yes well first of all it's a decision 
you wouldn't believe how powerful we are and that everything depends on our decisions and everything is consequences. Our life is a consequence of our decisions, our actions, our thoughts. First of all, that comes back to 100% responsibility and your decision. Sometimes you have to get to the point that it says enough is enough. You know, I choose to be happy instead of right, you know, or who cares who is right, you know. So you choose also your battles and things like that. But I'm, I I really need to, to tell you that what made a big, big difference for me was that my teacher had the capability of seeing and hearing things that I couldn't see or hear. And, and, and you know what happened? It made me more humble. Because I realized that because I couldn't hear or see, it didn't mean that it didn't exist. And one day I said, maybe I don't know as much as I thought I did. So that becoming humble, that becoming a child again, that making that decision and says, hey, what is important is what I think of myself, not what other people think. And, and, and that made the difference. For some people, you know, looking from outside, it says, oh, no, but that's difficult. And one thing that I have to tell you, if you say it's difficult, it's difficult, because that's where your power is. I mean, if you say you can, you can. And if you say you cannot, you cannot. So when you realize that, you start, again, being more conscious of your decisions and things. Uh, sometimes you said, hey, I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway. Oh, I'm going to show the other cheek to the fear instead of resisting because I know what, what I resist persists. Again, I start making different decisions. Really, there is no a secret. It is you, you and your thoughts, you and your decisions, you and your actions. So one day, again, you have to say enough is enough. I, I choose to be happy. When it comes to accepting yourself and being happy and making that decision, one of the things that can stop people is self-sabotage. And there's lots of different shapes and forms that this tends to take. But what do you see as the biggest ones or the most common or the most frequent forms of sabotage when it comes to people trying to accept themselves or be happy? Blaming. They always blame somebody, you know, for their unhappiness, you know, or somebody has to change or they are missing something. So, again, he's coming back and says, hey, I have everything I need to be happy. And and you will be again amazed because then everything starts coming to you. I think that's the big thing. The big thing thing is it's a big one. It's a big one. A lot of people and and believe me, anything that happened to you, it was for a good reason. It was to to make you stronger, not weaker. But you chose to see yourself as a victim, you know. And now you carry. Like for example, not forgiving. That's a it, that's a big one. You, we don't realize that we hurt ourselves when we don't forgive. No, we don't hurt the other person. You know, I heard something that I thought it was amazingly said. <laughs> you know, it says, when you don't forgive, it's like taking poison every day, waiting for the other one to die. So true. <laughs> I mean, it is, you, we don't realize. You, you realize the things that we do to ourselves, Brian. So, oh, no, I'm not going to forgive because he or she doesn't deserve it. Hey, I deserve to be happy. That makes you live, you stay in the past with that person that you hate. So we do so many things without 
knowing what we are really doing and the harm that we do to ourselves. So I think that one day you have to get to the point that it says, you know what, I'm going to love myself just that. I'm going to love and accept myself just the way I am. And only just that decision, you know, and every, you know, I understand you are going to go back, you know, you are going to fall. There will be ups and downs. Every time you go down, you you come up again, you know, it says, okay, so you realize you are going down and say, no, 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 I'm not going there anymore, you know, and, and you remind yourself, thank you, but no, thank you. I identify massively with that, something that I've struggled with in the past and even more recent history is that struggling to forgive other people. And it's something I'm still working on, but I've got better with it. And I've had my own reasons and I think everybody has their own reasons for why they struggle to forgive people for me a lot of it was not being willing to let go that's why I think I connected so much with that part of your book because it's not my default but why do you think people struggle so much to forgive because it's it's basically the gift you give yourself but yet we don't do it why do you think we don't we struggle you know a mother a father a brother a sister you know somebody that's done you harm in the past why do you think we struggle to forgive so much well, I think we are ignorant, yes? Again, we don't know that we are hurting ourselves. We are not conscious, yes? But the other thing is, I, I want to clarify also the thing. This is about working on your charge to that people, yeah? You are working inside. I'm not talking about going and forgiving somebody and telling them that you forgive them, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you working on yourself, and, uh, and and your feelings so that every time that you think of that person, now you don't have the charge, you know, you don't have that reaction. That's the thing. I'm not talking about, oh, you have to go and tell your brother or your mom or your grandpa that you forgive them. I'm talking about you working with yourself and not hurting yourself anymore. Now, in the future, you know, the relationship could, you know, be wonderful. But right now is work on, on, on your on that memory so that you can live more in the present, that you can bring more things. You you don't realize you are closing doors for yourself because of not forgiving and because of, of being in the past. I mean, if you live in the past, yes, you're going to keep replaying. Nothing will change for you because you are still in the past. So if you go want things to change, open up new opportunities in your life, you have to make room for that. You have to be present. So again, when you realize, I understand, we are all kind of asleep. We have to wake up. We have to make different um, uh, decisions somehow. But that is, okay, it's not happening overnight. Like, for example, thinking is an addiction. The worst thing you can do when you have a problem is think. Because, you know, the the, the intellect creates problems. It doesn't find solutions, you know. So, the solutions come from inspiration, from another part of you. It is you, but it's another channel. Yeah? So you have to be open to that channel, and for that you have to be present. You have to give permission. So again, we are asleep. Unfortunately, a lot of people still asleep. Unfortunately. Because we all have, the, it's our birthright to be happy, to do what we love. But we were programmed. Yes, you couldn't do what you love because... You needed to pay, you know, you have to pay the rent. <laughs> you have to have food on the table, yes? We all heard that, yes? And we bought it. We bought it. We thought that we couldn't do what we love. Be- you know, 
and here we created a very unhappy world with most people working on something that they hate and spending most of their time doing something that they hate. There are so many things, Brian, that need to change. Education, education, how could you explain that kids are under so much stress being so small? You understand what I mean? So young. For example, I love to work with kids. Yesterday I had a meeting with with a school in, in, I have a couple of uh, children's book, and one school in Spain is working with one of them, and I met with uh, the class. And for example, the teacher was telling me that the parents cannot believe how happy the kids go to school, they, you know, and they, they are not afraid. And all the schools in the area, they had COVID cases, and in their school, there is no one case. I'm, I'm telling you, we are creating this. You know, again, if you are engaging with the fear, if you, you, I mean, you, we are energy. So you attract based on your energy. That's why, what frequency are you living in? Yes? And getting ourselves back to zero frequency, I think it ties so well back. They, there's something there that I want to kind of segue into because when you talk about forgiveness, we talk about being happy. One of those things that can definitely stop us from doing that is our comparisons, either comparisons to our past self or comparisons, especially to other people. How do you or what do you recommend for us to free ourselves when it comes to, say, comparisons or what I call comparison syndrome, that constant comparison to whatever, whether it's a past self or where you were before, but more, probably more so everybody else around you, social media, neighbors, friends, family members, anybody. How can we free ourselves from that? Well, it's kind of what I said before of deciding to love yourself and accept yourself the way you are. And it's a decision, Brian. It's just you have to decide that. And then nothing will touch you. You know, people will say things to you. You will listen. You will pay attention. But it will not, you will not have the reaction. You know, you will accept. Sometimes, you know, people could be right. Maybe there is something for you to change or something. But you will not take it personal. You know, or you will not feel bad. You will say, oh, what a great idea. Because you believe in yourself. That's what, what happens is we go to school and if we believe in ourselves a little bit, you know, in the school we lost it because, like you said, the comparison started. Sure, some people are better in math and some others in language or history or geography or manual things or, uh, you know, fitness. Um, listen, we don't have to be perfect. You know, we learned that we had to be perfect, that we had in, I don't know, in 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 U.S. is a straight A's. How, how come? We cannot. <laughs> if, if we are straight A's, means that we learn to manipulate the system. <laughs> we cannot be good at everything. So when you know what you are good at, when you believe in yourself, you can pass the other, you know, because you are confident, because you believe in yourself, you have self-esteem. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm saying it right. But anyway, so the, the idea is goes back to the same thing. Please decide to love yourself. You know, one of the things is we all have unique talents. So we have to stop comparing with other people. We are unique. We were created unique. And there is something that we can do that nobody else can. So we not only you know, it's not good for us, it's not good for the world, you know, that we not, are not using our talents and contributing. 
So I think, again, and believe me, it's just a decision. Even when I look back, what is it that it was the big change in my life? I said, hey, I let go and trust. I'm going to let go and trust. And then I started seeing results. I started seeing things coming into my life that I never imagined. For example, I'm going to tell you, I was not planning to leave my career. I didn't start my search to change careers. I started my search because I wasn't happy in my personal life. So, but my, my professional life worked. But because I let go and trust, I allowed the universe to open doors to show me till I realized I was going to do public speaking. I'll, I'll tell you this one that was a big one for me. So let, when, when I realized I was uh, going to teach officially, yes, so I, I talked to my, my teacher, my Ho'oponopono teacher, and I said, well, I'm going to go and take classes because I'm an accountant, you know, I don't know anything about public speaking. And he said, no, that will take all your naturality. All you have to be is yourself. Brian, that's the best advice I receive in this lifetime. I just have to be myself. Some people will like it. Some people won't. It's okay. I like myself. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a phrase that it's a very Irish and UK phrase, but my mum used to always say it to me and my sister. She's like, you won't be everybody's cup of tea, but you're somebody's shot of whiskey, which <laughs> means that, you know, be yourself. Yeah, understand. Yeah. And I, for example, for example, when I give the seminars, I'm not there to please people. I'm not there for everybody to go, wow, you know, I know, you know, I offer, I tell, you know, I come from my own experience. Uh, I feel my mission is to wake up people, not even convince them that they have to do Ho'oponopono or what is the path for them because they only know. But do something. That's what I tell people. Just stop complaining, stop blaming, take responsibility and change your life. You can do it. Everybody can do it. Everybody has everything that needs inside themselves to do it. That brings me on to what the last thing I want to talk to you about, Mobile, and that's the practice of abundance. I know this is something that you're a big believer in. Um, when it comes to practicing abundance, like there's lots of different areas that you skew in and out of with the book and you talk about this on platforms and seminars, I know from success and failure and passion being, you know, your true north. But what I want to kind of pick your brain on is the section in the book you talk about, are we programmed to fail? Talk about that and explore that with us a little bit. Yeah. So again, like I, I told you, one of the of the things is how many of us heard, you know, growing up, bad things about money or people that had money or, you know, uh, or things like that. The the other thing is again that somebody some sometime you know somewhere uh, told us that we needed to find a job, and and we believe it. We said, oh no no yeah, I, I have to find a job. Instead of what is it that I would do even if I don't get paid? When somebody asked me that, I was still an accountant. I was starting with Ho'oponopono, but I wasn't teaching, or unless not officially. And they asked me, and I said, traveling the world, sharing with others what had, you know, what sharing with others what had helped me. And I ended up doing that. But at that time when I answered, Brian, that was totally ridiculous. <laughs> you know, that was like, no way. You know, how am I going to do something like that? So, see, there is a part of that that knows. The thing is, are you going to listen to your intellect? Or you don't have enough money, you don't have enough titles, or you have, you know, you're not good enough? Or 
you're going to say, hey, I'm going to allow the universe to guide me. If that's the right thing for me, it's going to happen. Because we are always struggling and going against the current. And one of the most important things about abundance and everything, but abundance and success, trusting. For example, let's say that you are a self-employed person, okay? You are not the owner, you know? God is the owner. (laughs) And it's much easier (laughs) because you come to see, hey, show me what we are going to do today. You know, bring me the right clients or the right patients or the right customers, you know, or the right trainees, yes? So when you give permission, again, it's becoming more humble. And and it's incredible what happened. It's hard to tell you. For example, I don't set goals. I don't make plans. You know, sometimes, yes, I have to do buy airplane tickets. Yes. (laughs) But um, but the thing is, it is amazing. I really recommend it. I, I hope you can feel my passion because it comes from my own experience that this really works. And I consider myself still a very grounded person, you know, because I come from the business world. I can relate to intellect still, but I did change because I included the spirituality in my life. In Japan, somebody asked me why when I did business seminars, I didn't put the Ho'oponopono word or I didn't say it was spiritual. And I said, well, in U.S., nobody would hire me. And And the answer came back and said, we wouldn't hire you in Japan if we didn't know that it has a spiritual uh, component because in Japan we know that the foundation of any successful business is spirituality. The thing is, you know, we are spirit. We are not this body. We are not our name. We are not our titles. We are here temporary. Again, this is kind of a school. We are here to learn, to grow, to graduate, hopefully. And, and the thing is, we are taking things too seriously. So we need to become children again, realize who we are. We, we need to realize that we, we need to trust that we are going to have what we need when we need it. Yes? We usually make it hard because we want it a month in advance. We, uh, we said, when I see, I will believe. And it's the other way around. When you believe, you will see. I love that. I think that is such an amazing way to wrap it up. One of the personal mantras that I use, Marble, that kind of ties on what you said there is when I remind myself that, you know, I'm not a man experiencing the universe, I'm a universe experiencing the man that can really help me just disconnect from the ego or disconnect from all the chatter, the mind chatter, the overthinking, as you said, the the thinking being the addiction, trying to get rid of that addiction and uh, put a plan in place around it Marvel yeah. I've really enjoyed this conversation I would I, like, Brian if you especially I would like also to add that please why I said that because spirituality has nothing to do with religion okay spirituality uh, gives you back your power it tells you that everything is inside of you and you can do it and also uh, brings peace yes and makes us all family unite us actually so very different to religion please do not confuse it Oh yeah, no, I completely, I'm glad you said that just because that's exactly what I was connecting with when you were saying it. Um, They're two very different things in my mind. Uh, Marble, 
as I said, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm going to listen back to this because there's a few things you said there that I need to check back in with for sure. But can you tell everybody listening, where is the best place for them to either connect with you or where they can pick up the book, which I highly recommend. If you've connected with anything Marvelous said on today's episode, I highly recommend diving into Zero Frequency. You will not regret it. There's something in there that is going to connect with a deeper part regardless of where you're at with your life right now so Moba can you tell everybody where's the best place for them to check that out and check in with you sure thank you so much Brian okay so if you go to zerofrequency.com you can see a little bit about about zero frequency and also you go to the book page I want you to know that the book comes with some videos I don't know if you already uh, reach out to you know to watch the videos but they they come with videos and also you can find me in the um, social media as Mabel Katz fan page in uh, in Facebook and then Instagram Mabel Katz Twitter Mabel Katz you know everywhere else <laughs> Mabel Katz 